It's time for Around the Gridiron with your co-hosts, Marissa Voss and Brock Aker. Welcome to another edition of the Around the Gridiron, my friends. We got me and Marissa here for today's show. We got storylines. We got Would You Rather? And then, of course, our lock in upset of the week. I'm wearing my audience of one t-shirt in support of Carson Wentz tonight. We're recording on a Thursday and the Giants and Eagles are about to kick off. So we'll see how the Eagles and Giants do. And that kind of leads into the first storyline we have to look at here this weekend, Marissa. We've been talking about the NFC East. Yep. We have the FBI from ESPN predicting the Eagles are going to win the NFC East at a 6-9-1 mm-hmm. record. Cowboys are still in first place at two and four. What are you thinking about the NFC East right now? Who well, wins it? obviously everyone knows my takes on the NFC East, just garbage. I can't believe that, you know, um, a team is in the lead now with two and four, like the Vikings would be tied or even in third place. If we were in that, instead of being in last in the NFC North, that's crazy because we're bad, but the teams there are just awful. I don't know. It's, it's absolutely crazy to me and how all these teams can have off years, I guess, you know, because usually Eagles are pretty 500. The Cowboys are pretty 500. You could even argue the Giants are pretty 500, but all these teams are tanking at the exact same time. So it's kind of just um, comical, but yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles pull it out of their ass, especially with the Cowboys losing Dak. And even though CD lamb is the number two rookie receiver, I think right now under Justin Jefferson, um, there's, there's not much confidence in me, but I do think that they, they're gaining some momentum. They'll pick it up and they're, this Cowboys team will suffer. And I think this Eagles team will win. I don't, like I said, it's not going to be great. It's not going to be an amazing record, but they might pull it out of their ass. I just didn't, I think what happened between with the bet Brock is that whole Dak thing that just fucked us up. Like we were like, no, no, there's no way and then Dak got down. We're like, oh my God. I'm going to have to buy a Carson Wentz jersey. And you're probably thinking, I'm going to have to take him first round next year. Like, this is, like, actually a fruition. It's coming to fruition, and it's scaring the little literal shit out of me. Well, the the thing is, the Cowboys, it's a mess right now. There's been leaks that the players don't trust the coaching staff. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm going to believe in all that. The Cowboys are still in first place. The thing that's been really surprising for them is their offensive line which has been a staple for them so long. Tyron Smith's out for the year. Lyle Collins is out for the year. And then Zach Martin got hurt Monday night. And that's what I think is really making them struggle right now. Mm -hmm. I went through the exercise looking at the rest of their games. Really the only two tough games the the Cowboys have are against the Ravens and the Steelers. The rest of the games they have are very winnable. Maybe the other tough two is at home against San Fran, who's been struggling this year. And at Minnesota, that seemed difficult at the beginning, but maybe not so much now as we'll get into a little bit of their situation as the season goes. Yep. I actually have the Cowboys going eight and eight, and I think I had the Eagles going six, nine, and one like that FBI. So I'm still thinking the Cowboys are going to win. They just have too much talent on the outside. Zeke's not going to fumble the ball twice every game. But the offensive line is big. The defense looked good at times at the beginning to stop Kyler Murray. They need to figure things out. But the Eagles – they already were out, out Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rieger. And then Sunday they lost Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz. That hurts. That, <laughs> what hurts? 
that hurts. That hurts them. Hurts got hurt. Yeah. Hurts got hurt and that hurts them. And it's just on top of the team that's struggling for their identity, they're losing all of these injuries. And yes, you look at a team like the Cowboys, but again, we've talked about this. They're just on the board, on the stats, looking at their roster. They have too much talent to just freaking fumble. And you look at the Falcons with Dan Quinn and they we said the same thing about the Falcons. They just have too much. They've got too much, you know, star power to be like that. And then they fire Dan Quinn all of a sudden they win again, right? And we'll see how, you know, we'll get more into the Lions and that debate later in the show. But that's the thing is, does there need to be a change? Does there need to be a change in the coaching staff and even, you know, the ownership? Something needs to change within because they have too much to be losing this much and this bad. Yep, they got Leighton Vander back at moments. He didn't play, obviously, a full game coming back from that broken collarbone. I don't think they're going to fire Mike McCarthy. It's his first year, but I can see that Mike McCarthy might fire his D corner, Mike Nolan, if the Cowboys give up some the similar 30 points per game, whatever they're averaging to give it up to the Redskins with Kyle Allen. I think that's something to watch for because if the Redskins can go down on you, that's when you definitely have to worry. So let's stick in the East, but let's move to the AFC. The Dolphins are going into their bye week, yet they're in the headlines for the AFC East because Tua Tagalolova, I don't even, it's still hard to say his last name. That's why they only call him Tua. He's going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season for the Miami Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick kicked the crap out of the Niners. He kicked the crap out of the Jets. Okay, guys, I sent Brock the tweet, and I was like, what? I literally saw it, and I was like, what? I literally said it in all caps because Brock and I, like, just send, like, tweets back and forth for football when we're like, what is what is this? Like, what is going on? And that one, and I even was watching um, just, like, an analyst show, I think, yesterday, a couple of days ago, whenever this first came out. And the guy said the same thing. He said, why now? And I was thinking the same thing. I said, why now? Why is this a precedent? Why do we need to do this? What is going on? Because you have, it's different if you're like a Kirk Cousins, right? Or if you're like any other quarterback that has been struggling and then they need to be benched, right? Why would you bench Fitzpatrick when he's been doing good? Why He's been doing fine. He's gotten you guys wins. It's not like you're sucking. And then you just bench him for the entire season. Like he's done now. And you put into a, is he confident enough to play in this league right now as of instead of a veteran quarterback who has been getting you wins has and has been reliable at this point in the season? Doesn't make sense. I'm actually a little upset and I don't get it because it just doesn't make sense. Now, if they go, and Tua gets in and they start winning a lot of games, then people are going to be like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But what if Tua starts tanking? What, like, what, a, what, especially in a bye week, what's the, I'm just, I am like literally befumbled. Like, I don't get it. And they, they lost to the Bills by like not that many points. They lost to the Seahawks by not that many points either. Like, all of these games they've been losing, but they haven't been by much to good teams. Yeah, I think, uh, the Tua just came in at the end of the game against the Jets, so he didn't do uh, anything. He just handed yeah, the ball exactly. off. He actually did one rollout, which was the same exact play that he got hurt on Alabama. I think that's just a psychological thing the Dolphins wanted to see what he went through. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like the decision. I actually do like the decision. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the only thing I don't like it is that he is pissed off because it sounds like he thought this was his team. I think mm-hmm. what Flora should have told him at the beginning is, hey, you're going to be the quarterback the first six weeks right up to their bye week. 
and then it's anyone's game. We'll see how you do, but you're not guaranteed the whole season like it sounded like he thought. Yeah. Just because he still want Fitzpatrick to be that mentor to Tua, because if Fitzpatrick, like he's mad now and he just gives up, that's bad for Tua because he still needs that veteran in his ear during the game. Exactly. Exactly. But if you look, if you look at the schedule now, you get a whole week. You have a bye week, which is good for Tua. He's got two weeks now to prepare. These next six games are winnable. Okay. Which I think they think that that's going to help for Tua. Like you said, they had some tough games at the beginning of the year: New England, Buffalo, Seattle, San Francisco. Yeah. I think that's why they didn't want to play Tua right away, obviously, against those teams. Now these six games, home against the Rams. The Rams haven't beat a team that wasn't in the NFC East. They get the Cardinals. That defense isn't the greatest. It's going to be a tough game to stop their offense. But defensively, Tua could have a good game there. The Chargers, the Broncos, the Jets, the Bengals. That's his next six games. They could win any of those games. I think that's the other thing with Fitzpatrick, too. He probably saw those six games. He's like, hey, I think I can win as well. Mm-hmm. the Dolphins have a shot at winning this division, actually. Yes. I obviously don't think they're favorites, but Josh Allen, not the same quarterback now, actually going against real defenses and the Chiefs and the Titans. Cam Newton, yes, the pan- the Patriots, t- yet today and yesterday, they practiced. That was the first time they practiced in consecutive days since October 1st and 2nd. Really? So, yeah, yeah, that's why they lost the Broncos. You want to be worried about that? But again, they haven't practiced continually until two games since the beginning of October. But you can say the Titans did that too, and they're still undefeated. So I can see both sides. of. So you can't be confident in the Patriots. I would still stick with the Patriots until they get defeated. I'm still going to think they're going to win the division. But I really think this all of a sudden is a three-team race. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, you make really good points. And this is the things that it's just – I wonder was this play? Yeah, was this played? I think it's not cool to do that to Fitzpatrick to be like, you're not, you're done. And he's like, wait, whoa, whoa, what's up with this? And Tua needs that. And you hit all of the right points at the exact same time. But again, this team is the Dolphins. We've got to realize who we're talking about versus the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Julian and Cam Newton, right? They've got all of those factors that make that of all, honestly, a veteran team and a veteran winning team. And you have the Dolphins who have been the Dolphins. So yes, I still would agree with you on the fact of the Patriots probably won't win the division, but I also agree 110% with you that this is going to be close. And I'm and in any other league, in any other, I mean, any other year, this would be a blowout and the Patriots would kill everyone and win the division. If Brady and stayed, definitely. Brady stayed, yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, we've got teams that we didn't think we're going to make it and they are making it and Dolphins are doing better than anyone has ever expected. And now we've got a race and we've got a division race and it's fun. People are yeah. watching these games versus looking at the like the NFC-like game, like everything's on fire, NFC East and everything's on fire and it's like, ah, you know. Yeah, the Patriots, it's fun for non-Patriots fan now. The Patriots obviously own this division. Yeah. They're the First time since 2001 that they're below 500 in the month of October. Otherwise, they've been over 500 starting in October and later. Sometimes they lost their first game right in September. But once they hit to October, the Patriots haven't been under 500 since 2001. They're 2-3 and three right now. Another close division that's up for grabs is the Chicago Bears now are actually in first place. They're 5-1. and one. The Packers lost, so they're 4-1 and because they had their bye week. Are we getting the Bears any chance? We've been dumping on the Bears. I think me and 
mainly me. I think you too have yeah. picked against the Bears a lot, but they keep on winning. Do you think they can beat the Packers? Because all of a sudden they are five and one. So I'm gonna say this. Okay, let's look at let's look at the games that they've played up to this point. Okay, they played the Lions, close game, but they won. They played the Giants. That was a close game, but they won against the Giants. It was close. Okay. Falcon, they won against the Falcons. That's the Falcons, but it was a close game. Okay. They lost against the Colts. They won against the Bucks, which was insane. That was a big, I think, for everyone. Like, whoa, is this real? Is this real? And then they won against the Panthers. So these games, some of them are like easy, you know, and some of you are like, you know, whatever. They're though they're the teams that are not good, that are under 500, that aren't too good. Some of them are actually big upsets that we need to look at and we need to look at this team more. Let's look at the future now. We've got the Saints. They're playing the Saints. The Titans, the Vikings, eh, Packers, Lions, Texans, Vikings, and again, Jaguars, Packers. Again, this the schedule is very. Some are good. Some are going to be easy. Some are going to be hard. I think that maybe you shouldn't sleep on them by any means, but I'm still going to pick the Packers over the Bears because if you look at each, if you look at Foles and you look at Aaron Rodgers, which core QB are you going to choose? Aaron Rodgers. You're going to go with him every single time because he is reliable. He is who he is. Yes. Has Nick Foles maybe finally found his groove in a team and as a starter. Absolutely. But I don't think that they're going to win this division. I don't think that's by any means. I would also like to see the Packers record and see the Packers, what they're going to do in this next upcoming weeks with their schedule. It's all dependent right now on which teams you got to play, which teams schedules is harder. I mean, it, it's a fact of the matter, but looking at the Packers schedule right now too, they've, they're playing some pretty easy teams as well. I mean, the next couple games they have is like all teams were like basically under 500. So I yeah. think that the Packers are going to pull this out. They've got too much going for them. It's, it, it, it's, it is what it is. The bears are going to be the bears. You know what I mean? The bears are going to be the bears. The Packers are going to be the Packers. This is a tale as old as time. Is it a lot closer than anyone anticipated than in past years? 110%. That's kind of the 2020 year we're seeing in football. Close, close divisions. I love it, though. I like your point there. The Bears, all their wins have been by one possession, all their five wins. The Packers, on their hand, three of their four wins have been by two possessions or more. The interesting note here is David Bakhtiari. He went down against the Buccaneers. Rodgers wasn't the same. He just got hit all day against the Buccaneers. And the Bears, they bring only four. Their front four is good. Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, they can bring pressure with just four guys. So I think the Bears actually match up decently with the Packers that they can get pressure on Rodgers without blitzing. The Both of them have three tough games outside themselves. The Packers have the Niners, which they got killed in both games last year, but Mostert's hurt. Jimmy's not the same. They lost Bosa, so I think they actually could maybe beat the Niners. And then they have the Colts and Titans, the Packers do. That will be tough. The other hand, you mentioned the Saints for the Bears, and then they have the Rams this week and the Titans. So in theory, the Bears actually kind of have a little more easier schedule. But I think you can just put the schedules aside because they've been pretty similar it's yep. all about when they play each other twice here in the coming weeks the oldest rivalry rivalry in sports is going to be big time finally this year after it's usually been the Packers have been good or the Bears have been bad they're both really good again for the first time since what Jay Cutler and 
Aaron Rodgers played. Yep. So that will be fun to see how that plays out. Another two good teams, This not in the same division, but they're playing each other this week. Two undefeated teams, the Steelers, the Titans. What are you most intrigued about with this undefeated matchup? The first time a team that is 5-0 or better, two undefeated teams that are 5-0 and or better are playing each other since, I think, 2012. So it's been, Absolutely. wow. This, this, is, this is a good game. This is a good match. Is this the game of the week? It should be. This should be the game of the week um, because you have the Titans who I have been like, hey, they shouldn't have as good a record as they have. Why are they having such a good record, right? But Henry is looking so much like himself. That stiff arm that he put against, oh, who were they playing? Were they playing the Bills when he did that? I can't yep. remember. Yeah, they're playing the Bills and he just freaking stiff armed that guy. That was dirty. Oh, sorry. My dog's getting into my food, so she might be making some noise. But I swear, don't get a dog. I mean, get a dog, but, like, there's such pains in my butt sometimes. Like, you got to take care of them all the time. They're like a baby. But anyways. No, I'm going to get a dog when I graduate, but I think I'm going to go get one that's actually trained. Some of them. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, she's a puppy. And I wasn't expecting her to be a puppy, but it's a lot of training. It's a lot of, you know, telling her no. It's a lot of these things, which is fine, but not as ex- was I was expecting, which you can never expect those things. Just like in this game. See, here she is. This is her. Hi. Hello. Please get off of me. <laughs> but so let's talk about a game where I want someone to get off me or someone who never to be on me. I want Derrick Henry to never, ever, ever be doing what he was doing. If I am a defender, I don't want to be covering Henry ever because he gives that stiff arm. He looks like himself. He looks great. And I think this is going to be a big game for him. I think he's having these next last three weeks or two weeks have been amazing for Derrick Henry. And I think it's shown, especially in that Bills game, he's looking more like himself, like the playoffs we've seen from last year. I think Juju Smith is going to have an awesome, awesome monster game. I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm counting on it. I'm betting it. He's been a little silent. Our TikTok God has been silent, but I think he's going to be back in the race. And I think this is going to be a really good game. Who I have for this game is very up toss of a coin, but I don't know. I'm, I think, I think what I like and what I'm going to see for this game is the Steelers. I think I like what the Steelers are doing. Big Ben's looking good. Juju, all of their components are looking really good. And I think it's going to be a good game but I'm going with them to edge it out what do you think well I thought the Titans probably would win at home but AJ Brown didn't practice today that's going to be a big uh, proponent if they don't have AJ Brown I don't think they're going to win what I'm actually interested is you kind of talked about Juju you think he's going to bounce back Chase Claypool he's the top 10 fantasy receiver this year Deontay Johnson's really good when he's healthy he just hasn't been healthy but he practiced for full Wednesday and today you talk about fantasy running back by committees. You hate those. This is one of the situations where the, it's receiver by committee. I don't know who's the number one receiver in Pittsburgh anymore. If it's Deontay, is it Chase or is it Juju? I'm excited to see now since Big Ben finally has all three of them healthy, how well those three and who ends up being the alpha dog. I think yep. this is going to be a shootout. Ryan Tannehill, he's gotten four touchdowns in three of his games so far. Big Ben doesn't look any worse for wear coming from his elbow injury. I see a lot of points in another high scoring affair in the NFL game. We'll get to who we like better between Tannehill and Big Ben in our would you rather section. Well, let's go to DeAndre Swift, a rookie running back last week. He finally went off 
I had him on my bench in fantasy. I picked him off off the waivers, which was good. I just didn't have the balls to play him, which I should have. I would have won. But 116 yards, two touchdowns. Wow. You were big on him coming into the year, you said, from mm-hmm. Georgia. Is this something we can expect, or do you think your old friend Adrian Peterson's still going to be a pain in his side? No. Okay, I put my dog away, so now I can actually talk football and focus. But um, I think that I like what DeAndre Swift is doing. I Like I said, I thought he was going to be really good when coming coming into this just because he's solid. You, He's shown that. He's shown that he's growing with this Lions team, and they're having more faith in him, and they're playing him more, as they should, because he has shown what he can do, especially for anything else. Also, besides the fact that this rookie, this rookie team and this rookie draft, is they're doing amazing. They're doing amazing. And usually, you don't, I don't, you see that from some people, but across the board, if you look at it, they're all doing really great. You've got Joe Burrow, you've got DeAndre Swift, you've got Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb. It's crazy. It's crazy how awesome they're doing. I think DeAndre Swift's going to have another really big game, but I think it's going to be closer than anyone else thinks because I think the Falcons are trying to find their groove and they're kind of rolling with it. But I'm going to probably, for this one, I think I might just go with the Lions as they are doing they're doing doing better than the Falcons have. You know, Falcons are what one and five right now. And what are the what's the Lions record? It's like they're two and three. Three. I was that's what exactly what I was gonna say. And so yes, it's not by much, but I still think that the Lions are gonna win this one and it's gonna be a close divisional race in the NFC North. I would love to ha- see the Lions get up there and be a contention and be a you know a thorn in the Bears and the Packers side. I would love nothing more. And I think that's gonna happen. I really do. But no, I'm 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 I like it. I like what the Lions are doing. I like DeAndre Swift. He's doing yeah. good, right? Like he's finding his steps. And he was hampered by a hamstring which missed a lot of training camp, which I think he led to not much usage in the first five weeks that he played or the first four weeks going into that week five bye. But after the bye week, they definitely drew up some more plays for him. He looks explosive. I still think AP and them are going to split carries in the first half. But then I think they're going to go with a hot hand in the second half. And Swift just has a lot more in the tank. AP is still a hell of an athlete for being, what, 52 years old. But How old is Adrian Peterson? I think he's like 36, but that's. 52. I was like, I was like, Jesus. Oh, my God. You talk about dog, your dog there. What? Seven, you talk about your dog there. What if he's seven? That's like 49 years old for running backs. If you're 36, that's like compared to a quarterback, that's like your age is like 52. It was just a joke, but it's kind of like there's different age expenses for different positions, definitely. Absolutely. So he is 35 years old. 35. He's 35. And you look at all these people. You look at Larry Fitzgerald, too. Larry is 37. So, I mean, you've got some. You know, and what isn't Tom Brady 40? I think he's 42 now. 42. So you have these veteran elite players. I think Brady's been the one who's consecutively have been older, but has been great since that time. You know, boom, boom, boom. You look at everything. Um, but I don't, I don't, I think that nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 times, you're going to have the rookie that's going to be better than the veteran. Why? Oh, why, Marissa? Because they're younger. They're younger. They've got more speed. They've got more agility. They're hungry. They're ready to go. Their body isn't riddled. Andrew Luck retired because he was just getting beat the shit out of. 
these are what happens when why people retire Gronk retired and then came out of retirement because his body was riddled these young players are ready to go it's like me and with me and track when I was younger I was always that girl that everyone's like oh man I wish I had your speed like I wish this and that and I would come up and then all of a sudden I became an old grandma senior versus an eighth grade me and I was like my back my body my hips my legs like everything hurts and all these younger kids were coming up it's just how this cycle works so yeah I still expect AP to do some things but and everything else but like I don't know it's hard it's hard you know age and football especially when you're getting CTE with some concussions and you're getting all of these different things it's a it's a hard component so you hit your prime in eighth grade dude eighth and ninth grade track like I so I was on varsity in eighth grade and then from that point and it was probably like eighth ninth and then 10th grade were my all three like prime years but yeah I was like probably one of the best sprinters for Fairmont in my eighth grade year which is kind of ridiculous to think about and then you know like I said I got older and I was still fast don't get me wrong but there's all these other girls that were going way faster than me I was like wait a minute you were you're doing way faster times than I was in eighth grade so it's it's it, with girls in track and field, it's because when you get older, you, you develop hips and get through puberty and all that mother nature bullshit. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you slow down and you're like, wait a minute, where's my walker? Because they haven't developed that yet because they're young. So they can go, you know, sub 59, 400s. They can go sub 13, 100 and make it look easy versus like when you're older, like me, you get like 13, 5, 13, 4, and you're like, I'm still cooking, but Jesus, what, what are you taking? It's, Eighth it's, grade, I was like five foot four. <laughs> ninth grade, I was like five foot 11. And then senior or sophomore year, I got up to six three. I was totally opposite. Oh Eighth, my God. Ninth grade, I was definitely, I was a point guard. And then two years later, I was a center. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny because for me, people ask me, they're like, eighth grade, how tall were you? Like, how tall are you? It was like five one. Like, oh, how tall are you now? I'm like five one. <laughs> like, yeah. it may, it may, my 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 age or my like height didn't change. Like, I was always five one, small. But just the fact of the matter is, like I said, I got hips and all of a sudden this shit happened and everything else. But I've been the same height since like ninth grade, eighth grade. Talking about small height, two quarterbacks that are one of the two best quarterbacks in the league, but. They're short. Kyler Murray, Russell yeah. Wilson, Kyler Murray probably wouldn't have gotten to the league or been number one pick if it wasn't for Russell Wilson being so good with his size. They play each other. They're playing at 305. My Patriots played at 325. I was pissed off. I was going to miss that game. But now that game got flexed to Sunday night football, which is awesome. So I'll get to watch it fully and full force. Who yes. do you like? Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson. Cardinals look pretty good against the Cowboys. Seahawks defense and stuff. Who do you got, Minnesota? Yeah, no, this is a hard one. Um, again, a toss-up between Titans and Steelers and the Packers and the Bears and um, all this other things that you know we've been talking about where we're like, what's going to happen? This is one that's, again, a toss-up. But you've got to look at consecutively who's been doing great and who's been there time and time again, fantasy points, everything else. Russell Wilson. Yes, the defense is just horrendous. And that's probably why they won't win the Super Bowl this year. If they do, um, good for them. But I don't know if I'm going to put my money on that. But he is so amazing. 
you look at it across the board. He's he's good at pocket passing. He's good at running. He's good at evading the tackles. He's he finds that hole in places where you're like, how did you even make that throw? He's good on the run. It's it's no question. But I also want to and say this. I want to say this. I think Kyler Murray is a young Russell Wilson, a growing Russell Wilson. I think you'll see him go into that. I think you'll see him be Russell Wilson down the road. He's got to have a little more experience, but these two quarterbacks are very similar if you match them up. And this is why this is going to be such a good game, but I still have to choose Russell Wilson because, you know, you can talk about the Vikings. Vikings have a good offensive core, right? They pretty much hung around with us. They stopped, they made some interceptions. They, you know, they did those things. So it's not like they're horrible. They're not amazing. They're not great, but it's not like they're horrible. So I would say give the edge to Russell Wilson and the team that has been good time and time and time again and has shown because obviously there we're not saying let Russ cook for no fucking reason. You know, yeah. what's the hashtag for Kyler Murray? Like, you know what I mean? Like this Russ, man Russ has 19 up. touchdowns and he still leads the NFL in touchdown passes, even though he's had his bye week. Kyler Murray, 10 rush six rushing touchdowns, 10 passing touchdowns. Kyler definitely runs around a little more than uh, Russ does. Yep. I'm actually going to take the upset on this one with the Cardinals. I picked them upset against the Niners. They did good for me. I just don't think the Seahawks defense is good enough to that they're finally going to lose. Their offense is great. But you saw like the Vikings, they shut them down in one half. I still think Russ throws for maybe 400 yards and four touchdowns. But yep. sooner or later, they are going to – get cut off because of that defense. Kenyon Drake came back in full force against the Cowboys finally. I remember a year ago in Seattle, he had three touchdowns. Right now the offense of the Cardinals, if you go against the Steelers defense, the Cardinals are still going to put up points against the Seahawks D. I, I, I just don't see the Seahawks stopping them enough here. Yeah. Both going to have great games. So I'm going to take Kyler Murray and the Cardinals this week. Button heads. Well, and you you think about this. This is, this is a – this quote, a statement that's been time and time again, what is your best offense defense? Your best offense is your defense. And yes, you can be throw and 19 passes and you can throw for 400 yards and you can do all of this. But if you don't have a good defensive core, that's going to be a little bit of the end. And that's what a little bit is hard for me when I'm choosing the Seahawks team, because I go back and forth on it, but a good offense is a great defense and they don't have that defense and again that's that's what's going to be holding them from being amazing in this draft this upcoming draft the 2021 i think they need to go more defensive because they've got great offensive components if they make no trades and no one wants to leave and do all that of free agency i think they need to go more of their defense to really get that and then i think they can be a contender next year absolutely but i don't like i said it's a toss-up for me on one-on-one -on -one, but i i completely understand why you go with the cardinals in this one yeah the draft they don't have a first round pick. The Seahawks don't because they got Adams. Adams hopefully comes back yeah. soon for them. Uh, but going to the 2021 draft, who do you think is going to have the number one overall pick? There's a lot of ports. But if the Jets do get the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, I should stay back in Clemson. Do you think the Jets are going to end up getting that number one overall pick? Yeah, well, you, this is the biggest thing for me that has been coming up and up in conversation more and more. Obviously, you have the hashtag tank for Trevor for the Vikings, right? You have all of these things. But in the end, the Vikings have too many components on offense. And even if their defense sucks, they've got too many components on offense to 
have a worse record than the Jets. Just how it is. They're not going to be the Jets in the worst record unless the Jets, for some reason, win a couple game more games here and there, and then the Vikings lose all of the games from here on out. Don't think I don't think that's going to happen, but it might. It might. But um, you know, you were you're Trevor Lawrence, okay? And isn't he? He's a junior right now, so he's still got another year. And do you go to the draft knowing that you could be the quarterback of the Jets? Do you want to be in the NFL that bad? Or are you liking what you're doing with Clemson and you stay another year because you want them to maybe win another one? I think my personal opinion would be have him stay. Trevor, if you're, if you're, if you're looking to go to the draft, why? You've got a great team. You have Clemson. You're the, you're finding your stride. You're doing great. And it's another year to build and it's another year to grow because you're still going to be the number one draft pick. You're still going to be that guy. And you're not going to the Jets because if you go to the Jets next year, Still going to be the Jets, still not going to do good. And are you going to struggle just like Joe Burrow and all those other things? Joe Burrow didn't have a choice, you know? He I has think a choice. Think in 2021, though, with uh, you saw Eli Manning mm-hmm. get out of his way and the Chargers, he didn't want to go to San Diego, so he complained and he got to the Giants. I think Lawrence could do that if the mm-hmm. Jets have that number one overall pick and that will make him not want to draft him. Although I think a, a dark horse to get the number one overall pick was the team I thought was going to go 0-16, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They won the very first game, but they haven't won since. I don't know. They're probably not going to be favored to win any other games this year. So I think they could be sneaky getting the number one overall pick. The Vikings just went too many uh, games that when they're in this situation that they should, and I still think they're going to probably win four or five games. Yep. Even with the Nadakwe trade, you wanted to talk about that. What are your thoughts after trading a second round pick and a fifth round pick for him? Yeah. So I think that tying into what we just talked about, I think the Vikings won't have the worst record. I don't think they'll get the number one overall pick. I think it'll be the Jets or like you said, the Jaguars completely agree, or even the Giants. There's too much. Um, this There's a lot going on right now within the Vikings franchise and in the Vikings team. There has been complaints from veterans um on the team about Kirk Cousins and about what they're doing there has been Ngakwe trade Anik Ngakwe saying that right god talk about a fortunate name um they have that big trade which they were trying to get and trying to have make it happen in the beginning of the year then all of a sudden they trade into the Ravens okay so you have Daniel Hunter now comes out and he is out he's going through procedure for a season ending procedure okay you have um how do we say it again? I tried, guys, I tried to do these names. I was like, Brock, how do you say this name? George Ioka. 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 George Ioka now being placed on IR for the rest of the season. Rick Spielman says Vikings are not tanking, even though they are. He says we still could make the playoffs. We still could do the playoffs. I don't see that happening. You look at the division. You look at where they're at right now. This team is crumbling. You also have inquiries from maybe we're looking to get a Jets trade and get the Jets QB instead of Kirk Cousins. Like there's so many things going on in the Vikings that it doesn't make it make sense for me. Again, they look like the Seahawks. You can have a good offensive, you know, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, even BB. You've got Irv Smith. You've got all of these components, but yet who do we have on defense? And you can have all these things, but still tank. And I don't see them doing good. 
I see them staying probably below 500 for the rest of this season. And there has been things come out that says Mike Zimmer is not being fired. No one, they're not going to fire Mike Zimmer. That's out of the question. And for me, something's got to give. Something's got to happen. Whether it's trading Kirk Cousins, whether it's, you know, firing Mike Zimmer, whether it's making some trades, getting a defensive line and getting some, you know, defense and figuring that out. It's something needs to give. I don't, but can you please explain to me this Ngakwe trade? I'm like genuinely confused. Like what is the reason why we would do that? Well, the, uh, the Rick Spielman miscalculated. He thought his team was going to win this year. So that's why he was a little aggressive. He had some ammo with draft picks. So they thought they could get Ngakwe and make a postseason run. A lot of people had the Vikings win the division this year, just didn't pan out with some injuries. And Mike Zimmer's not getting the defense ready. I think they really, Ziggy Wolf, great owner. I think he did make the wrong decision. They'll give him guaranteed contracts, both Spielman and Zimmer back in July. That probably guaranteed. That doesn't mean they're not going to fire him. They still can, which I think they should. It just makes it much more harder. He probably should have just let them play out their contract this year. Eric Bellamy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, he should be everyone's number one coach. If I, I could do that, I, I the Patriots haven't had to worry about a coach because they have Bel- Belichick. But if I'm a team, if I'm the Jets, I try to just fire my coach right now and just keep on talking to Bellamy because he's going to be a stud coach. That's what I think the Vikings should do. I think he's going to be wanted by multiple teams, but I think he – could look at the Viking situation and say, hmm, like you said, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, Delvin Cook, that might, and then maybe a Justin Fields at quarterback or a Trey Lance, yeah. I think possible if they keep losing out. But that is bad on Spielman because he just lost a pick there. And the Ravens, the funny thing is, they gave up a, a third round pick and a fifth round pick for him. If Nadakwe leaves Baltimore at the end of the year. There's things called the contempt contemporary picks. I can't say long word, big words either. The but that's hard, when hard. <laughs> but that's when a good player for you leaves in free agency, like the Patriots will get for Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. It's Tom Brady, they'll get a contempt supporty pick because he left. You get one of those late third round picks. Therefore, even if he leaves at the end of this year in Adakwe. Pretty much the Ravens just gave up a fifth-round pick for him to win now. Great deal by the Ravens. They do a heck of a job at the deadline. They got Peters last year. Just a great move there for Baltimore. Just I'm just going to note on this real quick. I, the Rams for the Bears Monday night. Rams haven't beat a team that's outside the NFC West. Yes, they're 4-2. and two. All four wins were against the NFC East teams. They're at home against the Bears. Two teams that have good records, but played some not great teams. So I think that's going to be an interesting game to see who's real between those two. But let's go on to receivers now. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, he's had some attitude issues. He was suspended. Now comes out two weeks ago because he punched Gardner Johnson. And now there's been more. He's been talking back to Sean Payton. There's been people, he's not taping his ankle upright, and he said he'll sue you if you don't do it that right. It's just kind of a mess. And now today, after he limited part- participated in practice yesterday with his ankle, now he has a hamstring injury, did not practice. It just looks like an ugly situation. Are you, if you're the Saints, what are you thinking about Mike Thomas right now? 
the off of the first impression, everything I'm hearing off this, do you want to know who this reminds me of? This reminds me of Antonio Brown. This reminds me of all the antics that he had with the Steelers. This reminds me of the prima donna, even Stefan Diggs with the Vikings towards the end of his Vikings career. These are things that remind me that he doesn't want to be in the Saints program anymore. He doesn't want to be in the franchise. He wants to go. So he's trying to be a little bitch, basically. He's trying to be a little bitch and be ornery and saying, you don't take my ankle. Fuck you. You're out. If you don't do this, this, I'm going to do this, this. It, it, it seems like he wants to leave and he's creating problems. And if you are, it's so hard because what has Michael Thomas done? You know, you have Kamara, you've got a couple other components. What has he done? You're not doing great. Okay. You're, you're not in contention. Really you are, but you aren't to win the division. You're not going to probably make it to the Super Bowl because it's not your year. What do you do? You, you, you talk with him. You say, what's going on? What's happening? Are you happy? Do you want to leave? Let's work out a trade. Let's figure something out. Because once maybe they get rid of Michael Thomas, there might be a little contention. You shouldn't have a clashing receiver yeah. with your head coach. That is a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. I think and the thing, though, with the Saints, though, that's tough, is Drew Brees is on his last year. Yep. They need a win now. If they don't have Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders is good, but they're just not going to be a good team because they're going to have to have that guy down the field. Otherwise, they're just going to keep focusing on Kamara like the Chargers did to slow him down for a good part of that game. So that's what's interesting. I think that Saints still want to keep him. I think Thomas is just one of those hard-nosed players that you know some people that can do a really good job like J.J. Watt. When he's on the field, he's an angry man. He's tough as nails. You don't want to be around him, but after the game's over – He's one of the nicest dudes ever. Walter Payton, man of the year, a really good guy. Michael Thomas, on the other hand, he takes what he does during the football off the field. Like, you don't want to mess with him off the field. It's just his way or the highway. Mm -hmm. And that's, like you said, can be a recipe for disaster when you're talking back to coaches. Kind of like Antonio Brown did to Mike Mayock, which got him released. Antonio Brown could be back in two weeks now, going to him, because he's suspended for the – first eight games the Seahawks look like they're very interested in him they're supposed to be some dark horses teams sleepers but I I think if Antonio Brown wants to get back and lead Russell Wilson's a great spot for him so if I still don't I'm not confident that Brown will be back this year just because it's been two years you just don't know the situation it seems like maybe the Seahawks will actually the only ones that are interested in him because you don't want your team to just dismantle but you trust Russell and Carroll's leadership to be able to handle that uh, stress that Brown might put on your team. But I guess there's not really much to dig deep in because that's really the main notes for that. So let's get to our next segment. Would you rather we will start with our quarterbacks like we normally do. We had Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson a couple of weeks back. We both took Josh Allen. That looks like pretty decent right now because Lamar Jackson has still kind of digressed much since last year he's getting a little better at nice game against the eagles but still josh allen seems like a better bet between those two but now who would you rather have josh allen or aaron Rodgers? Hmm, this is my favorite segment i love doing this one super amped for it okay josh allen was so 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 in on him we were rooting for you we were all rooting for you and it's not like he's sucking right it's not like he's kirk cousins it's not like he's you know even a fitzpatrick it's not like he's any of these 
QBs where you're like, uh, but at the same time, they're not looking like they did in the first three, four weeks. They're looking a little slowed down. Whereas Aaron Rodgers, yes, had that loss, but it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Gronk looked like the same old duo we saw in the Patriots. And it's hard to go up against that. I'm going to choose Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is still up for that black horse MVP. He is still doing what he is. He's still in the fuck you, fuck this. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to do my shit. And I think that speaks volumes to me. And I think that he's got too much good of a team. And yeah, it's it, for me, like I said, no brainer. It's got to be an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is the better player. Definitely. But fantasy wise, I agree now too. Josh Allen. I think he's a second ranked quarterback so far this year. Trade him while you can now. Going yeah. in detail with Josh Allen in the fantasy postseason, week 14 against the Steelers, the best defense in the NFL. Then at the Broncos, their team defense is very good in, in Denver. I don't like that matchup. And then at New England, you know, the Patriots secondary is still very good at divisional game that might be in snow week 16. Get rid of Josh Allen now. He's probably won you a lot of games. It might be the reason for your success. So it might be tough for you, but do it. If you can get Rodgers for Josh Allen right now, that's a great deal. Because now Aaron Rodgers, we talked about his schedule is pretty light. His playoff schedule, Lions, Panthers, and Titans. Go get Aaron Rodgers if you're a Josh Allen owner. and Do the swip swap right now while Allen's value is still pretty high. Going on to the Ben Roethlisberger versus Ryan Tannehill undefeated matchup. Who's the better quarterback between those two? Who would you rather have, Marissa? This is hard because we have seen Ryan Tannehill a little up and down, but um, in the past couple of years, but this is hard for me because Ben Roethlisberger is Ben Roethlisberger, but Ryan Tannehill is doing really good. Fantasy points wise, um, I don't have either of these guys on my roster, but after the first impression, I'm going to have to go with Ben Roethlisberger because he's got a cannon. He throws it. He does good. The one thing Ryan Tannehill has, though, against him is he can run a little bit. He's more agile. He's more on his feet. Whereas you, Roethlisberger, you know, you don't protect him. He's down for the count. You know, he can't really make those moves. He can't really do it. But again, I'm, I got to go with Big Ben because he's that quarterback. He is. What's the word? Loyal, compatible. You can trust him. You can count on him. He's always there for you. You know, kind of those kind of things. So for me, it's got to be a Ben, Big Ben. For just if I had a team I needed a quarterback, I'd take Big Ben. In fantasy, however, Ryan Tannehill, three games with four touchdowns or more. This guy is actually Vegas is in the top five MVP candidate. He's having a great season so far this year. And his playoff schedule, too, if you're looking at fantasy, is very easy. You got the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Packers, which could be a shootout. Again, if you have Josh Allen, I'd probably trade him for it, Ryan Tannehill, to be honest. I think Ryan Tannehill is great. Big Ben's got a little bit of more difficult matchups the rest of the season, especially in the postseason. I think championship week, he's got the Colts, which is the best defense ranked in the NFL. So fantasy-wise, Tannehill, I do agree, though, Roethlisberger, like in the game Sunday, if I had to pick between those two as an overall quarterback, give me Big Ben. He looks like he's just as good as ever. Going on to the running back position, the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell last week. He can't. He's eligible to be active this week at Denver. Rest of the season outlook, who do you think is more the back for the Chiefs that you want to own in fantasy? 
Um, I think the one in fantasy for me wise is going to be Clyde. He's shown there. He's been up. He's put up really big numbers in fantasy. I think this is a guy that time and time again, you show that he is doing amazing and he's doing well. And that's the one that you want on your team. Whereas yes, he bell is, could be coming back from injury and could have a bit really big game. But if I had to choose these two, I have to go with five. Yeah. I think Le'Veon Bell can take some going carries away from Clyde. I think this two headed monster for the chiefs, they got two great running backs now, but I think Clyde's still going to be the early down guy. He's going to get all the yardage for you. Le'Veon might come in and go on situation. So if you're in a touchdown league, I would take Bell, but most of the people are in a standard or PPR league. Definitely pay Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I know some people are selling Clyde Edwards-Alaire because of the Bell news. See how cheap you can get him. I mean, like if you have Melvin Gordon or like a Philip Lindsay even, I'd rather still have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If you have Miles Gaskin, I think he's the guy there, but I almost would still rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's still going to be a top 20, top 15 guy, especially in PPR formats. You saw him get a close to 200 yards rushing against the Bills defense he's still a good fantasy running back so don't trade him for nothing he's still going to have a good role on this team going to two other rookie running backs talked about deandre swift jonathan taylor's on a bye but he Hines sometimes takes passing work from him wilkins when he's healthy he took a couple carries from taylor he still gets the ball more than swift but after swift getting over 100 yards two touchdowns who would you rather have rest of the year jonathan taylor or DeAndre Swift? Um, we obviously talked about him in the beginning of the, or in the middle of the pod, and we talked about how good he's looking, and, you know, 14 carries, how many yards, two touchdowns, all of these things. I'm going to go with Swift. I like what he's doing, and I think that he's just been up and up, and I would choose him for my fantasy, for sure. I think Swift has a great postseason uh, fantasy playoff schedule. He just gets the Packers. You know, they're terrible against the run. Rojo had two touchdowns, 100 yards. He's got a nice, easy schedule. But so does Taylor. I think they're both can be very good just because I know Taylor is going to get the goal line carries and he still gets some catching work and he won't see half the carries to Peterson yet. Taylor, but I'm not as confident. Again, when you want to make trades, you want to be 100% confident. So I wouldn't trade if either way, I wouldn't trade Swift for Taylor or Taylor for Swift, just because the upside by both of them is really good. And their downside could be pretty bad too. As Taylor, he's got a higher floor than Swift, obviously, but I think Swift actually has a higher ceiling. I would take Jonathan Taylor rest of the season. Um, but Swift, yes, I agree. Should be very good this year still after coming off a great game against the Jaguars. All right, two receivers that are kind of banged up, but they're coming back from injury. Godwin did last week. Keenan Allen coming back from injury this week with back spasms. Who do you, would you rather have, Keenan Allen or Chris Godwin? Well, you look at these two, um, obviously Godwin Allen, you both good wide receivers, but you got to go with Godwin right now, especially them coming off of that big win. And you're just looking at these matchups, right? So some of the things like the fantasy point season total, you're going to choose to be like, well, Marissa, like Allen season total. Yeah. you got to go him. But at the same time, I like what he's doing. I like what Godwin has. He's got a projection for 93% recommended versus 7%. And experts say that you should choose him for your fantasy. Obviously I got to go with the experts do, but 
13.9 receptions, 171 reception yards. Both of these stats back to back don't, you should look like maybe you choose Allen, but in the end, you just got to do Godwin. That's what, at least what I think anyways, because that's what the experts say. I just think there's too many uh, cooks in the kitchen here in Tampa. Gronk went off this past week. You got Mike Evans, uh, Stills, Tyler Johnson, Gopher scored in the end zone last week. Chargers, on the other hand, they got Hunter Henry, but Keenan Allen has been targeted 10 targets or more in each game. He started with Herbert at quarterback. I love Keenan Allen the rest of the season. I made a trade for him uh, this week. I actually traded C.D. Lamb for Keenan Allen. So I'm a big Keenan Allen guy. Coming off the injuries, he should play this week. I'd try to buy a little right now for Keenan Allen while you can uh, because I think he could be putting up top five, top ten numbers the rest of the season. So if I had got on, this is one where I would pull the trigger if I had got on and try to get Keenan Allen. Now, this is the fun one. We always have one of these would-you-rathers as the two of the best at their position. And these two receivers are going against each other this week. Who do you like more, DK Metcalf? Or DeAndre Hopkins? Well, okay. This one is a little hard because for me, because both of these guys are um, – Hopkins is Hopkins. He's a great wide receiver, and he's shown that. But yet, you look at Metcalf, who is up and coming. But at the same time, you're going to have to look at this, and you're going to look, okay, rankings, ECR, no, Hopkins, number one. Best rank, number one. Worst rank, eighth. Versus you've got Metcalf, who is – ECR seven best rank number two and then worst rank number 15. I think overall average projection for Hopkins is 13.4 versus Metcalf's 12.7. In the end, I think you got to go with Hopkins. You got to go with the, the guy who is doing the most right now and he's doing really well. And that's who I would potentially choose. Yeah, I think PPR, it's really hard to go against DeAndre Hopkins as the, even though he only had two catches this past week, the Cardinals are really good at getting his target share up, and he gets about eight catches a game, 100 yards, and then if he gets a touchdown, that's great. I'm looking more on the standard leagues. I'm not actually in a PPR league. I think that's kind of dumb, to be honest. Yeah. I don't like those because if, like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he caught a couple on Monday I watched for a negative five yards, so you get a .5 points. So you get positive points when your guy catches it and he goes negative yards. I think that's dumb. So PPR, I can definitely see DeAndre Hopkins. But if you're in a standard league, DK Metcalf, we talked about Russell Wilson leading the league in touchdown passes 19, and he's had a bye week compared to Kyler's 10. And DK Metcalf's obviously going to have the majority of Wilson's looks down in the end zone. I actually like DK Metcalf the rest of this in a standard league as my number one overall receiver. I think he's great, fast. Tall, strong. The only th- reason why he fell, eight receivers, you got to remember, were taken before him two, in two, year, two years ago in that draft because of a cone agility test at the combine. That is crazy. All, all, those people, those GMs that knocked him off their list because of that have to be feeling pretty stupid. As really, Metcalf, all he has to do is run the go route. You throw it up to him. He will go up and get it over the defender. Or he'll just get enough separation, as you saw against the Vikings, sadly, on that fourth down, because he's fast as well. Uh, that hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, going to the tight ends. Two tight ends in kind of similar situations. Hayden Hurst or Tyler Higby. The Falcons 
and the Rams both have two really good receivers that get more targets than going to the tight end. As the Falcons, you have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. The Rams, you have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. So that means it's slim pickings for targets for these two tight ends. But since tight end is a very tough position in fantasy, you don't have to be that good to be on a top 10 list now. The tight ends are kind of gone extinct other than the Kelsey's, the Kittles, the Andrews. Who would you rather have, Marissa Hayden Hurst or Tyler Higby? So you got to look at week six um, and their fantasy points. And you have Hurst at the fantasy points with 11.7 versus you have Higby with 5.6. That's rough. That's a big one where if you put Higby in and you have Hurst on your bench, those are points where you could have maybe, if you're just lost by that much, that could have put you over the edge. You've got to look at these um, things, obviously. But season total-wise, you got to look at Higby having 42.2 versus Hurst 40.7. For me, I'm going to go slight edge, though, with Hurst. I like what they're doing. Obviously, we have that Atlanta game, and we talked the fair share, and I don't think they're out of it by any means. So for me, I'm going to go with Hurst. I don't even know if that's right, but what do you got, Brock? Are you going to probably say, Mercy, you're wrong, and this is why? Not this one. I agree. Hayden Hurst is the yeah. who you want to own. Tyler Higby, remember, week two against the Eagles, three touchdowns. Other than that week, he had three touchdowns in one game. That's literally where all his fantasy points are coming from. You have Gerald Everett, their tight end, takes targets away from him. Hayden Hurst has run the most routes in the top five of tight ends, so you know he's going to have some more opportunity. So give me Hayden Hurst the rest of the season. And let's close the show with our lock and upset. We both went 0-2 last week, so we can make these quick because it's kind of a little bit depressing. Uh, you start, Marissa. You can start this one. Last week was shitty because we were rushed, and then I was like, uh, uh, give me this. Uh, uh, give me. I didn't put time into it, and it was really dumb, so please don't think I'm done like that. Ugh. Okay, so. For me, I'm going to go my lock, Seahawks, and then I'm going to go my upsets. I think I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one. I don't know. I'm very much contradicting myself in all this episode, but I like what the Falcons are doing, and obviously they made a fool of the Vikings, so I'm going to I'm gonna pick them for my lock and upset. Unlike last week, I was, I was rushed too, but I had my picks already set up, so I don't have that excuse. I just – I'm not a good picker. So – if you bet, I would bet on the opposite teams I'm picking today. And there you have it. You can win some money off my advice by the opposite. My lock this week is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Raiders, Las Vegas. I think they should be able to be fine with the Raiders offensive line getting COVID. And the Bucs looked like one of the best teams in the NFL last week. But again, just know I was over. I'm like one in three of my picks. So you might want to go the opposite. My upset, Bengals. I think Joe Burrow gets it done this time against Cleveland. The Browns look awful against the Steelers. It's going to be hard to recover going in Cincinnati. I think Burrow gets his second win of the season. Anything else you want to say here before we close up shop, Marissa? There's a couple things. So I'm going to ask personal opinion on my fantasy, Brock, um, because I know Brock wants me to win this week, so I got he got to help me out. So I got the Browns right now, 6.58 for my defense, but Packers are up for grabs right now with a 7.55 for defense. I feel like I should make that trade and I should take 
the Packers over the Browns defense, especially with what you just said. What do you think about that? Uh, that's tough. I would probably maybe just stick with the Browns as I think Watson, he's been very good these last past weeks. He's dropped the Titans, not a bad defense. He scored 36 points against them the week before that. The Texans, who did they beat that? It's Jaguars, I guess. The Jaguars, uh, he didn't do much against the Jags. That's that's a tough one. I'd probably just stick with the Browns because the Bengals O-line's bad and they could get a lot of sacks with uh, Garrett. And, again, I picked the Bengals. So, you know who's going to win the Browns. So, that, that probably answers your question right there. And the last one, guys, I don't know if you knew about this. You probably, if you're from Minnesota, you have heard. Unfortunately, um, Matt Blair did pass away. And this one is really rough. I'm obviously going to send my condolences to their family and everything else. We all know Matt Blair. He is an amazing, he was amazing at what he did, just a kind-hearted soul. And this one's really rough for me. This one hits home because he was a great linebacker and he did so much for this program. And he was only 70 years old. And that one's tough. So obviously think of Think of them racking up when he played 1,452 tackles, the second most in team history. Blair played all 12 of his NFL seasons with the Vikings 1974 to 1985. He started 130 of 160 regular season games he played. And he was drafted in the second round out of Iowa State. Really great guy, nothing but compassion. Really, really, really upset to hear that. And obviously it's 2020, so that had to happen and hit me hard, but so, yeah, just think of him in this time and rest in peace, Matt Blair. What a legend. Yeah, Sid Hartman also passed away. So, yeah, rest in peace, both of those Minnesota guys. Next Stunt week, That's we should have another guest. It's Stunt Monkey. How's Stunt Monkey? You think we'll get Stunt Monkey oh, up next yeah, week? Yeah, I got to talk with him. He said he would come on, and I've just been so busy with work that I haven't talked to him. But he should be able to come on hopefully next week, if not in the week after. But definitely watch for Stunt. If you don't know who Stunt Monkey is, he is the DJ for Hot 96.7. And he's usually on the morning shows. Great guy. He does the MC's in-house stuff for the Minnesota State Mavericks men's team. So if you ever go to a game and you hear someone on the intercom saying some stuff, that's probably stunt. Really good friend of mine. And hopefully he can make it. He is what we wanted for the com comedy relief. So uh, we will be tuned. If Stay with our Twitter to see if that will happen or will not happen. And we will keep you up to date on that and everything else. Yeah, that's Marissa Voss. I'm Brock Aker. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Around the Gridiron. See you next week at our normal Friday, one show a week now. Thanks, and Ooh. have a great